0: The theme for camp is going to be Lord, teach us to pray. So today, my subject is divine help to prayer. God gives us divine help. Uh, I just kind of started when Ben prayed a while ago because the very thing I want to talk about, he mentioned that we have access to the throne of grace. We just got this thinking, the throne of grace. Asher, pass that stuff around. Asher's going to pass around a couple of diagrams I've got or some pictures. And one of them is the Ark of the Covenant, and what, it, it's a, a box, and the lid on it is the mercy seat, and there are two angels, a cherubim, that are looking at each other, looking down at the seat. And then right on the middle of that, between those angels, is where the Shekinah glory came down to meet with God's people, of course, that was God himself, and that's the throne of grace. Then another one he's going to pass out is the, the altar of incense, which I'll talk about that later. The altar of incense is the altar. The, the, the uh, ark of the covenant was in the most holy place, the holiest of all, the inner sanctum. And the uh, altar of incense was outside that in the holy place, the, the, the showbread, and also the altar of incense was in the holy place. And this incense was offered up, and you'll see some smoke coming up, which is a sweet smell coming to God. I mentioned both of those in my sermon. So I'm going to talk about, divine help in prayer. It's a, a, prayer is an amazing thing. We think it's simple, and in a way it may be simple. Every child of God prays. That's the very language that we do when we're first born again. We begin to pray like a baby when it's uh, given birth. It starts crying immediately. So, well, we cry to God instinctively if we're born again. But we can learn a lot about prayer. There's a lot more complexity in wonder of prayer you can imagine. So I am to talk about divine help to pray. And i will start to say, I'm going to draw some word pictures, but I'm not going to say that. God's drawing some word pictures. I'm going to give you about three or four word pictures today from the Bible that I hope will help you in your prayer life. So listen very carefully. I won't teach you anything new, but I hope I'll bring some things to your mind that can really accent them. So we talk about the throne of grace. Ben mentioned that in his prayer. What is the throne of grace? What is the throne of grace? Well, I'll tell you what the throne of grace is. It's amazing what happens when you pray. Uh, We take this for granted too often, but I hope I can put it on the very front burner of your mind this morning. Uh, The throne of grace, when we pray, folks, if the Bible be true, and it is true, we come to the very throne room of God. That's the truth. So don't take your prayers lightly. Have this picture in your mind. We come into the throne room when we pray. Now, we have a a high priest there that's standing beside God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you think about, you come to the throne of grace, you're coming to heaven itself, the throne room. And God's on that throne. His sons, are interceding for you. That's really what happened in prayer. It's amazing, isn't it? We just take that for granted, don't we? I may mean, the Holy Spirit teach us this lesson today in a powerful way. we are come to the great throne of grace. I'm going to read you some scriptures. If you saw my notes right now, you might see a bunch of scriptures. That's what I really want to do. Uh, we, the, let me tell you what priests do. Priests, first of all, make a sacrifice. Then based on that sacrifice, they intercede. So the Son of God made the sacrifice, on the basis of that sacrifice, he intercedes. You think about that. He's interceding for us even right now. So I'm going to go right to the scriptures about the song of grace. This is called divine help in prayer. We need divine help to pray. I'm going to just read you some scriptures. And I wish I could go to the context of all of these. I did, though we'd be here for a long time. I wish you'd even maybe write these down, examine the context of some of these great scriptures. I want to go first of all to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And verse fourteen through sixteen. Seeing then, we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And I'll say the same to you today, because these Hebrews, Christians, were having a hard time holding fast their profession because of what they were going through. They're being persecuted. We have many distractions in life. We have a lot of problems. We need to hold fast our profession. The devil does everything he can. Keep us from holding fast our profession. So I'll read it to you again. Here's how we hold fast our profession. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, let's hold fast our profession. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the fate of our infirmities. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus Christ knows how you feel more than you know how you feel. Jesus Christ knows what you need better than you know what you need. And the Lord is not indifferent. You know, I just, almost every sermon I say this, I'm going to say it again. If I live to be 100 years old, I'll probably keep on singing it. The Lord never said, Understand me. He said, Trust me. We, go, we got a lot of problems in life. Some people have more than others. And I don't understand everything about God, but I totally trust the Lord. I hope I never get to where I don't trust God. Let's look at this now. The Lord touched our infirmities. You say, Well, why did He let it happen then? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. But I guarantee you, whatever you're going through, if you're a child of God, God is touched with your infirmities. Aren't you glad of that? And he cares for you also. Over in Peter it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. All I like it is people care for me. When my, my wife expresses her care for me, it just thrills my soul. And when my friends care for me, that thrills my soul. My friend, we have a friend that's taking a closer little brother. He cares for us. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I like it when people sympathize with me. I like to sympathize with other people. I love people, most, most of them. <laughs> I think I love everybody here. <laughs> but if you're not here, I might not love too much. But I like it, my friend, when people love me. I like that people are touched with me. When I was real sick last year, and y'all prayed with me, that touched me. Brother, Jesus Christ is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. We don't have an indifferent high priest. We, have, we do not have an indifferent high priest. Well, you're going through cancer. He touched the thing of your infirmities. He cared about you. He cared about you. you got to remember that. You know, I was really thrilled. Uh, I talked to uh, Beatrice Campbell, Danny Daddy's sister, trying to find out about the funeral tomorrow. And uh, so I said, well, I sure hated about Freddie May. She said, you got to remember, Brother Zach. She said, being absent from the body is present to the Lord. And I said, amen out loud. And I'm glad we've got a good Christian, Danny, and your family. We have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feet of our firm, but at all points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. One reason Jesus Christ became incarnate was to sympathize with us. The main reason was to save us from our sins. But he also became a human being. He knows how human beings feel. Not with sin, however. He knows what it is to be tired. He knows what it is to be weary. He knows what it is to be thirsty. He even cried on the cross, I thirst. He knows what people reject him. He is touched with the thing of our infirmities. He is tempted in all points, like as we are, you do know, got sin. So that's the high pitch I'm talking about today. All right. Let us therefore, because of all this, come boldly. What a word that is. Open your heart to God. Pour it out to God. I like it when I can pour my heart out to my wife, my best friend. Sometimes I can't really do it like I want to. I've this reserve, like you have reserved. I like it when I can pour my heart out to a synthetic child of God. By my point, I'm telling you, you can pour your heart out to God like you can to nobody else. He knows you, but letting you know yourself. God knows how you feel. Don't try to hide anything from him. You're having trouble with sin. Say, Lord, I'm having trouble with sin. I had a great temptation. Tell him about it. He knows about it anyway. Come boldly. The whole thing, but that's what that word really means. Perisea in the Greek. It means pour it all out, but it really means. That's what you come to the throne of grace to do that. Do it. Do it. Do it. The devil doesn't want you to do it. We try to hold things back from God. You can't hold anything back from him. Pour it out to him. Tell him how you feel. Let's come boldly to the throne of grace. And my friend, like I said, that throne, if you look at that diagram, you'll see that throne is very, it's the, it's the, it's the very mercy seat in heaven where God meets his people. I believe that because I believe the Bible. God, word tells me, my friend, we come to heaven when we pray. Our souls go to heaven when we pray. That's right. Heaven itself. You've got to accept God 24-7. When you're on your bed at night, when you're in preacher, when you're when you're weeping, when you're sad, he's there on the throne of grace. Come on the throne of grace. Why? Why? We may obtain mercy. I need mercy to you. God's got a lot of mercy. You know that? You said he ain't got enough mercy to me. He got a bunch of mercy, folks. Psalm 103 says that as far as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy for them that fear him. He got an ocean full of mercy. I'm an 82-year-old man. I've done a lot of sinning. I don't want to sin, but I do sin, but I repent. But I tell you, God has recovered me time and time again. He can recover you also. I don't care what you've been into. God can recover you and bring you to repentance. I'm encouraging some of you who may be down. Get up and get on it. God, my friend, will have mercy upon you. If God hadn't had mercy on me, he'd have stumped me out like a little uh, bug many years ago. I think about even Jonah. You know, Jonah smarted off to God. You, can you believe that? Smarted off to God? God said, Jonah, do you do well to be angry? He said, yeah, I do well to be angry. Can you believe that? And God really had not have had mercy on him. He should have said, Jonah, I'm thumping you out of here. He probably thumped you out sometime too if he hadn't done it, had he? My friend, I may obtain mercy, hallelujah, and find grace to help in time of need. You have time of need, then come to the throne room of heaven. That's where you'll find all your resources. All your resources. All right, let me go some more scriptures. I'm going to give you scriptures. That's what I'm going to give you. you. Get that scripture right. Memorize that scripture I just gave you. Memorize that scripture. Chew on that scripture. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. We may, obtain, we may obtain mercy, find great help in time of need. For this great high priest, this pastor of the heavens. Hallelujah. All right, let's go, let's go to the A few more. Let's go to Hebrews 7.25. Like I said, I want you to read the context. Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. They come to God by him. Let me, I'm going to slow read that right. Wherefore, it's Hebrews 7.25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that cometh unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's alive making intercession for you. I'm going to tell you this again. I'll tell you a lot of times. I'll tell you a lot more times I live long enough. I love John 17. That's the high priestly prayer. Jesus Christ prayed for his people in John 17. He prays out loud on purpose because he wants them to hear that prayer. That's what verse 6 said in Hebrews 7, 17 six. He wants you to know what he, and let me tell you this. He's praying for his children in John 17, just like he prayed for you now. And let me, this is good news. Get your seatbelt on. He does not say one bad thing to God about his children. How you like that? How you like that? He knows who you listen. He was talking to people who are going to betray him that very night. He was talking about people who will betray him that very night. Had nothing bad to say about them. When my Savior comes before His Father in heaven and intercedes for His children, He has nothing to say bad. They may be bad, but the bad gone by the blood of Jesus Christ. They're justified by His righteousness. They're not guilty before Him. If I were guilty before Him, I couldn't come to Him in prayer. I cannot approach him. I come as a redeemed, blood-bought, sinner, hallelujah. And I come to the throne of grace. You remember that next time you have trouble praying. You've got a right to come to the throne of grace. You've got an invitation to come to the throne of grace. You've got a summons to come to the throne of grace. He's summoning you to the throne of grace. The devil doesn't like that bit. He hates it when a child of God starts praying. He, he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's doing it right now. Right now, he's pre- you say, if nobody prays for me. He's praying for you. How are you like that? He told Peter, Peter, Satan had desired to sift you with wheat. And he did sift him pretty good too, didn't he? He called him to betray the Lord three times. He said, I have prayed for you, Christ said. And he didn't say, if, and when, thy converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he was converting and strengthening the brethren. How you like that? He said, I prayed for you, Peter. The devil has been working on you pretty hard. For the, in the long run, you're going to win through me. You have your victory in me because I'm praying for you. And he prayed for you also. And God always hears the prayer of his son. You're, be, you're going to be sanctified to, to a degree, and that's life. Some people say, well you, well, you don't get sanctified. I mean, that means you don't get closer to God. You can't grow. Uh, that's a lie. Here's why I know that. The Lord God always answered the prayer of his son, and he prayed th- for us in John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. My friend, you're going to be sanctified to some extent. Let me tell you that sanctification works. This may be a little bit funny, but a bunch a good picture. God sanctifying you. One time, the the great big block of marble, a big old beautiful block of solid marble. The sculptor is going to sculpt a horse. Say, how in the world are you going to sculpt a horse? I'm going to knock away everything that looks like a horse, brother. God's going to knock away everything that looks like a Christian. God's going to knock away some of your sufferings, bring you closer to Christ. God knows how to make us Christ-like. God knows how to give us humility. God knows how to make us depend on him. Aren't you glad we're being sanctified? Sometimes it's pretty tough to be sanctified, but I'm glad God's doing it. God chastised his people that they may be a partaker of his holiness. You ought to cooperate with him. Don't do it the hard way. Don't be a little dumb and do it the hard way. Yield to God the best you can and conform to him. All right, let's go to another scripture on this. Now get this picture now. What's my word picture God's giving us? It's a thrall of grace you're coming to. You're coming to heaven. If you look at that picture, you come into that place, my from the Chicago glory is between those cherubim. That's a real picture of heaven today. The angels are watching him. They're worshiping him today as he's on that throne of grace. And you come to that throne of grace as a child of God. All right. Let me give you a couple more scriptures. Look at Hebrews 10, 19. I wish you look at the context on this. I wish I had time to read the context, but I won't. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter to the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The holiest. Not just the holy place, the holy of, the holy of holies. The holy place is good, isn't it? Go look at that picture of the tabernacle in the book and get to study that and help you. You yeah, have holy place. brother. there's even the holiest. The veil separated the holiest from the holiest. That veil was rent in twain when the Son of God died. Signifying the way of the holiest, it opened all his children. That veil they only the high priest can enter. You are a priest with God. You can enter the holiest place itself. You belong to the very most holy place of all. You'll really be there literally someday. Literally. Your body will even be there. Right now your soul gets there. Aren't you glad our souls fly to heaven? My friend, the of prayer, our souls fly to heaven. We find relief. The world knows nothing about that. But God's children do know about that. All right. Let me go to another one. Over in 1 John 2, 2, 12, 2, 2 1 1 John 2 1. my little children these things write unto you you said not. not we ought to try not to sin he meant that that's not just hyperbole. we ought to try the heart not to sin don't make grace making excuses loosen up try not to sin but when you do sin you will but then he's got some good news for us, my little children. These things write unto you that you send. Not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with a Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That's our intercessor. He's an advocate. That means he's our lawyer. He's our defense attorney. I like what one man said one time. I like, thrilled me soul. He said, "You know what? We got it made." He said, "The judges, our lawyer is the judge's son, and he's already paid the fine." How you like that? Our lawyer is the judge's son. He's already paid the fine. We have an advocate with the Father. If the devil comes and accuses us, he accuses the brethren night and day, but the Lord answers every one of the accusations. The devil says, well, what about this? What about that? God, the Christ, the riotous the throne says, I paid for that. I paid for that. The devil's got to run away. The devil's an accuser. He'll accuse you of your own conscience. We have an advocate with our precious Father. Now, that's the picture I want you to get. Now, let's go to another picture. I want to talk about the word access. It's a great and wonderful word. Access means really literally uh, a being led to or an introduction, a formal introduction. Let's just say that uh, I want to get a job. And I really need this job very badly in a real important company. But I don't know what to do. I don't know the boss. But I got a buddy of mine who's a good friend of that boss. He's a real good friend. He said, hey, I'll introduce you to him. You know, Jesus Christ does every time you pray. He freshly introduces you to his Father. Father, here's one of the children now. Listen to him, Father. Answer his prayers. I paid for him with my blood. I'm leading him to you. I'm. you got access. Access is pretty good, isn't it? We need access, don't we? There are a lot of places where I don't have any access at all. I don't have the credential to get in there. How can I approach that individual? I have access. Remember that word picker. It's the one God gives us. I'm going to read you two scriptures on that. Now let me say this. I, I talked about divine help to prayer, didn't I? Let me tell you this before I read the scripture. Do you know, my friends, in prayer, the entire trinity is involved. The trinity is involved in prayer. Remember that the time you start praying. Don't take prayer lightly. Don't just kind of say a uh, little old prayer and don't really mean it. Remember, my friend, the triune God is involved in your prayers. I think I read your scripture that said it very succinctly and over in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. This is another one. Memorize this one. Chew on this one and do you good. I'm glad to be a preacher of the gospel of Christ. I don't come to you with my ideas. I come to you with the word of God. I like it, don't y'all? I don't come to you with philosophy. So I'm not real smart. I can't figure out a way to say things. But I can read the Bible, brother, and try to explain it to you. Well, through him, that's Jesus Christ, through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit to the Father. How about that for a Trinitarian verse? Let's look at that. Let's let's break that down a little bit. The whole Trinity, the glorious Trinity is involved in our prayers, divine help in our prayers. For through him, that's, that's Jesus Christ. Through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit that the Holy Ghost unto the Father. That's the God the Father. The entire Trinity is in that glorious verse. You know what I'd like to do sometimes? I get a verse like that. I like to say it over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. I remember when I had my kid, a little bitty kid, like I'll use Isaac for example. Don't embarrass him. He's a grown man now. I used to just make him say things. that would, uh, He'd say something real cute. I just kind of keep jabbing and keep, keep saying keep. I didn't get tired of saying it. We had a doctor one time named you, call it, I kept calling it me, call it. And I kept on saying, hey, say it again, I, said, I like it, me, it. <laughs> well, My friend, let me tell you something. God likes to hear his children pray. He likes to hear their voice. You know what it says in the book of Proverbs? The sacrifice of the wicked is abomination to the Lord. The prayer of the upright is a delight. If you like to hear your kid babble, God would love to hear his kid babble. Hey, no, we, we, Lord, I can't speak very well. Well, I don't care. I know what they're saying. I like to hear them talk. You don't give God some pleasure? My friend, go ahead and do some praying. They may be imperfect. Yeah. That's the best kind of prayers there are anyway. It's spontaneous prayers. Not affected prayers. Not trying to figure out real nice words to say to impress people. Just pour my heart to God out. Maybe in a halting, stammering way. God loves those kind of prayers. So anyway, that verse, if I get a hold of it sometimes, I might say 15 times. <laughs> through him, we both have access. By the Spirit of the Father. Woo! Hallelujah. Let's say it again. But through him, we both have access. By the Spirit of the Father. <laughs> Rub on your tongue. Enjoy it. Get a good steak. I like to chew and chew on that cut picker. Well, my friend, chew on some of these scriptures. It'll do you good. It's good for your soul. Let's give another similar scripture in Ephesians 3, 12. This got an additional word to it. Rich, rich, rich. Ephesians 3, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. That's a good one to break down. We have boldness This is a, and access with confidence. Confidence that he will hear our prayers. That's where we get our help, isn't it? I help comes from the Lord. That's where I help come from. That's where your help come from. I think sometimes God has to let us go through some things to realize that because sometimes we, we really got more confidence in ourselves than we think we do. My friend, let me tell you, I'm gonna tell you I got bad news. You can't get a lick without a snake without God. Jesus Christ said in John fifteen, without me you can do nothing. He meant that. The only way you can bear, bear fruit is body in the vine. If you cut off from the vine, you can't bear any fruit. You've got to get close to God. Stay close to God. Don't be some dummy unless your sin separate you from fellowship with God. It's not worth it. It's stupid to do, live in a way and sin in a way you can't have fellowship with God. We need fellowship with God, badly. You can only have it on His terms. If we walk in the light as He's the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. There's nothing like fellowship with God. My friend, nothing, money won't do it. A new car won't do it. A new job won't do it. A a PhD degree won't do it. Running a big ball game won't do it. You may have a little temporary euphoria, but the real lasting joys and solid pleasure belong to God's children who walk in fellowship with him. I beg you to walk in fellowship. You young people do that. Don't let some worldly stupid stuff get in your way. Don't roll some standard in your tongue. You turn from sin as hard as you can and turn to your great God and fellowship Him. That's the only life worth living. It's good enough to live that way and good enough to die that way. All right. That's the picture now, access. Now let's look at another picture. I want to talk about this. The Holy Spirit is the one who really does. We have to have the Holy Spirit. I'm going to emphasize the Holy Spirit for a few minutes. Let's emphasize the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go, you know where I'm going, you Bible readers. I'm gonna go down to Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Now, this is one of those that I like to say is better experienced than explained. I'm gonna try to explain it. This is better experienced than explained in Romans chapter eight. Verse 26 and 27. Paul says this that great Romans chapter eight, verse twenty six. Likewise the Spirit also, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helpeth us, help our infirmities. With groanings, no, 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 I've I'm, I'm got to get ahead of myself. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. We know not what we pray for if we ought. Do you find yourself that way sometimes? I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. I know kind of what to pray for, but I don't know just exactly what to pray for. The Spirit helps our infirmities. that Paul said that? The Apostle Paul said that. That great Apostle Paul said, sometimes I don't know what to pray for. I don't know how to pray. But you're going to give up, Paul. No sorry, I'm not going to give up. The Spirit, help our infirmities, for we know not for we should pray for all. Get this. The Spirit itself makes an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he searcheth the hearts, know what the mind of the Spirit of God. heareth intercession for the saints according to the will of God. My friend, some of your best prayers are groans. Sometimes Jesus and I do some praying. We do, in fact, we do a lot of praying. That's one thing. Marry you a good old prayer warrior, folks. Don't be some old dummy. Get some old worldly girl. Get you a prayer warrior. Get a prayer partner. And if you husband and wife not pray together, get on it. Start praying together. You're heirs together with the grace of life. If you're not doing it very much, get on it and start doing a while of it. One of the best memories I've got with my wife, if she leaves me first, would be we pray together. I think if I leave first, that would be one of her memories. We pray this morning. We do it every Sunday morning. Sometimes we're in the car. I mean, we just drive and so let's start praying. we got a lot of things to pray for and pray about my friend, he helps our infirmities. So what we do sometimes is sometimes we get a hard situation. We just, Lord, I'm groaning in my heart. God, you know how I feel. Oh, that's so bad, Lord. Somebody's living in sin. I want to repent. Some close family of him or maybe in some terrible sin. And I just do everything I can to help them. I can't seem to help them. God, you know how I feel. Oh, God, you have mercy. Just groan, groan, groan. It's a wonderful thing, the Holy Ghost. And I tell you, God can answer those prayers. Our God, my friend, can bless exceeding abundantly. Above all, we're able to ask or even think. We limit God too much. We 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 need to learn how to open our mouth wide. I'll fill it. The Lord promised that in the Psalms. Open thy mouth wide, I'll fill it. One time, I went to Cincinnati, Ohio. uh, The the, the day I graduated from college, University of Memphis. And so, James Rushing and I, took Larry Vaughn up to see Brother Bradley. Brother Bradley was not married then. He was years married. He was engaged. And uh, he needed some help in his ministry that summer. So Larry Vaughn was going to spend the summer with him. He did. So James Brushy and I drove him up there. This is one of those memories I'll remember. So on the way back home, while I was reading the Bible out loud, old James, and I got over Psalm 78, verse 41. And here's what it said about his fucking about Israel. They turned back. They limited the Holy One of Israel. And that really got a, in my crawl. Are you limiting Him in your mind? You have some problem that can't be resolved. A long-standing problem. My friend, one woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 wrong years! 12 years she tried everything she could. Have you tried everything you can? You got some kind of problem that is insoluble? It's not insoluble. That woman did everything she could. She wasted all her money on physicians. She did the best she could. But she finally, my Fred had to go the only sort of hip that's the one you need to go to also. She sees the Lord Jesus Christ. she got confidence in him because God put faith in her heart. There's a great big crowd around him. And she's probably pretty shy anyway. I don't think she wanted people to even know she had an issue of blood. <coughs> an issue of blood made you unclean. So probably she didn't want people to know that. She didn't come to the Lord face to face. She probably couldn't have. She snuck up behind him. You don't sneak up behind God. You ought to do it. She snuck up behind him. Through the press. She touched the hem of his garment. That's all she could touch. And my friend, burnt the floor out of him and she was healed. He said, who touched me? The What are you talking about who touched you? A lot of people are touching you. My friend, that was a real touch of faith. I, 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 I exhort you. Go to God in your desperation and give him the touch of faith and hear what he'll do. Mm-hmm. Give him the touch of faith. He'll, he'll honor that. 12 years. Another woman in the Bible a been over. I him many years that was. A long time. You remember, like, a bunch of years been over for a long time. You may have a long time problem. God can solve that long time problem. I've seen people have interpersonal struggles and they just couldn't reconcile. But God can reconcile you. Don't give up. Don't give up. You may have some long standing habit that's got you enslaved. God can deliver you from that long standing habit and set you free. He can set you free. The Holy Ghost helps us pray. And he does it. We groan. So good to groan into God Almighty. Let's groan. And God, give me that spirit to groan. And then he makes intercession for us, and, and he prays. Well, let me read that last part of that. According to the will of God. I like what one of my preacher friends used to say about that. He said, you know what God does? He takes our imperfect prayers. Our, our imperfect prayers, they're all imperfect. And he dresses them up real pretty and hands them to be God. Isn't that great? Time to get to God. They're in good shape. So he makes intercession intersection with the according of the will of God. Do it. Bet you can say, Lord, get those prayers of my Holy Ghost. Dress them up and take them to the Father. He'll do it. All right. One more scripture on this. Over in Jude 20. Only one chapter in Jude. Only one chapter in Jude. And he says there, But ye beloved, building up yourself on your own holy faith, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. I love that. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will help you pray. So I want to emphasize that. I want to give you so, so far I've given you three pictures, I hope. One of them is the throne of grace. One of them is having access to God. One of them is the Holy Spirit really helping us in a special way. And now I want to talk about another picture and I'll be through. My friend, prayer is incense. How is what is incense? And if that offer incense, you get that thing that I sent around. I'm gonna read you something that I found. I'm gonna read it to you, okay? And then I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. Ready? Incense is, smells really good. And the, they, they had the kind in the Old Testament, only you couldn't use that for regular stuff. There's a special incense. There's lots of incense. The Lord had all these different spices stuff that compounded together all these oils. And that's what they used for incense. And what they had to the offer of incense is right there in that holy place, beside the table of showbread. And so what would happen is they'd get, that, they'd get the coals on that offer of incense. You'll see it in that little picture. And I'd get this incense, put a handful of it on there, and I would just, and that oh whew. Man, that smelled good. And God thought it smelled good. That, that, man, that smells good. And that's your prayers, folks. That's your prayers. That's your prayers. All right, let's read this. And then I'll read some scriptures. The many of offering incense. Sweet smelling smoke from incense. Represented the people prayer. the people praying. Uh, descending, the prayer descending to God. And by the way, you might remember Zacharias, the priest, he was, he, he was acting at the prayer of incense representing prayer. The people outside praying. Remember that in Luke 1, I think, Luke 1 or 2, one, I think chapter 1. So Zacharias, they're showing you here. Everybody knew what that meant. That incense meant prayer to God. That's what it represented. Alright, I'll read that again. Sweet smelling smoke from incense represented the people's prayers ascending to God. Burning this incense with a continuous act, just as we are to pray without ceasing. I like that, don't y'all? We're to pray without ceasing, that incense they're always burning that on the altar. Today, Christians are assured their prayers are pleasing to God, the Father, because they are offered by our great high priest, Jesus Christ. Just as the incense carried a, a, a perfumed odor, our prayers are scented with the righteousness of the Savior. And I'm to read the scripture. I'm going to tell you. In Revelation 8, 3, and 4, John tells us the prayers of the saints ascend to the altar in heaven before the throne of God. I'll read the scripture in a minute. And the incense in the tabernacle was unique. And it was. Nobody can make it like that. It's a crime to try to make that kind of incense a unit for regular use. In fact, it is a capital punishment. God would have put up that. So God is the one who puts the incense together like he wants it. As the incense in the tabernacle was unique, so it's Christ's righteousness. We cannot bring prayer to God because of our own false claims of righteousness. But we must offer them sincerity in the name of Jesus, our sinless mediator. We don't try to get to the throne of grace on our own, do we? I've been a good boy, Lord. Enter my prayers. That, That doesn't smell good. What does smell good is, Lord, have mercy on me, a stunner. Help me do better, God. Help me walk close to you, Lord. I totally depend upon you, Lord. I have no righteousness of my own, but I do have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm clothed by a robe of his righteousness, Lord. That's how I'm coming to you. I've got a blood-bought right to come to the throne of grace. That's why I come as blood-bought. Don't y'all have to hear that blood-bought? I love that expression, don't y'all? Blood-bought by Christ to come to the throne of grace. Now let's read these scriptures. I'll be through. Let's go to Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. That great book of Revelation. I'll read these two verses. And another angel came and stood at the altar, hanging golden center, that's a golden bowl. And another angel came and stood at the altar, hanging golden center. And there was given unto him much incense. He should offer it with the prayers of all saints. Upon the golden altar, which was before the throne, the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God out of the angel's hand. Our prayers come before God, scented with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and God accepts them. And now, one final scripture. One final scripture. Over in Psalm 141, verse two. This is a prayer. We pray. That's a prayer that David prayed. Psalm 141, two. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and be lifted up by my hands as the evening sacrifice. Folks, that's helping prayer. Helping prayer. God, we got divine helping prayer, don't we? We got a flow of grace. We got access. We got the Holy Ghost to help us. We have incense. I tell you, let's get to praying, depending on God. And I have just touched the surface. Isn't it complex and wonderful? It's simple, but complex too, isn't it? The trenches involved in our prayer life. The trenches.